What is up? Welcome back to Side Piece Season, the only podcast with the audacity to blame you for everything that went wrong in your relationship. You're messing up because you don't tell it from the heart. That's why you're screwing up your whole relationship. When it comes to relationships, long-term relationships and marriages, we have mores, memes, conventional wisdom. We have media that tells us the top 10 things that you got to do to make it last. Religion chimes in about marriage. We got all of that. And still, our divorce rate is hanging around 50%. Beyond that, there's a ton of people that are not divorced, but they should be. Those people are like, eh, at least we're not divorced. You know, we didn't get divorced. That is not a win. It's not the win to remain married, even though the marriage sucks. Yeah, you didn't get a divorce, but you hate each other. And every day you continue to grate on each other and slowly try to destroy each other. Um, <laughs> that is not a win. Being happily joined and building something together, making your legacy, that's a win. And that's what everybody really wants. So how do you get there? Even if marriage is not your ultimate goal, whoever you're with, you want to be happy with them. You're going to spend a lot of time with that person. It should be quality time. It should be rewarding. It should be fun, dare I say. So if you're interested in being happy with someone, and sometimes even because of that person, it's fair to ask the following questions. In a relationship, what makes you happy? What are your must-haves to be happy in a relationship? What do you need the most from this? What are you looking to get from this? Some of the things you want can't come from somebody else. If you've got some unresolved issues from your past that are holding you back and making you feel some kind of way... You have to work those things out. The other person can't do that for you. But for the things that you can get from them, they should know what your expectation of them is. Everybody has different expectations. And the number is not really the problem. The main trouble with expectations are that they are often not voiced. Instead, you just assume that they're shared. The big three are money, sex, and children. I feel like everybody has the discussion about children. Some people have discussions, half-hearted discussions about sex. And surprisingly, a lot of people don't ever talk about money at all. Regardless, nobody talks about those three in full depth and detail. You're also only talking about them based on today. You have no way to know a few tomorrows from now, what your views will be. So let's get right into money. This one is potentially dynamite to your relationship. It can blow this shit right up. Money encompasses so much of our views. What is your temperament? Are you a spender or a saver? Do you have investing background? Do you want to start a business? Do you think college is a dumb investment? Are you an impulse buyer? Do you love to shop? Are you, you know, are you crazy with money? You just burn through it. How do you view money? What does it mean to you? There are people that will share 
every detail of their sexual escapades with me. And they get tight-lipped, sometimes rather offended if I ask them how much money they have in their bank account or what's their current credit card balance. Side note, at the time of this recording, credit card debt recently hit $1 trillion with a T dollars in the U.S. So if you are carrying a balance, you're, you're not alone. Money and the way we use it ties into our feelings of safety and security, our emotional state, even our self-worth. It's, it's tricky. We need to have a serious discussion with the person that we want to be with about how We view money, what we expect to happen with the money, separate bank accounts, joint bank accounts. How are we doing this? Early on in the marriage, keep in mind, we'd never had a discussion about money. I discovered that my wife felt some kind of way about money. I think she viewed it as something that if I had access to, I would use to control her. Again, we never even had the conversation at the end. So when she wanted to have her own bank account, separate from the joint bank account that we already had, I felt some kind of way. Definitely seemed as though money was more important to her than I was. That feeling, that sentiment comes from my childhood. Because in my childhood, rather than quality time and attention, I got gifts. So... I'm not going to talk to you. I don't care what you have to say, but here, here's this toy. Fuck off. So for me, uh, I didn't place the same value on having uh, a private account that was mine to maintain. So based on how she was raised and based on how I was raised, there was always a little friction in the back of my mind. I felt a little unease about that. That was probably somewhere around year one, maybe year two. And we never had a discussion about how we both felt about money, what it meant to us, and what our plans were for it. 21 years total of being together. We never had that discussion at any time. However you see money, you're not necessarily wrong. You might value it as a tool. You might think it means something. It confirms a status. It, it is self-affirming. We just need to know what it is that you think about it, how you feel about it, and what it means to you. The conversation about money needs to be open, needs to be candid, and it needs to be complete. Next up, sex, a fan favorite. Um, it seems straightforward, and yet... Sex. This one seems straightforward. And yet, here we are. Just like money, we need details. All the details. No, seriously. All the details. What makes sex fulfilling for you? What really gets you off? What do you dislike? Do you have any trauma surrounding sex? Do you think sex is only for the purposes of having children? If you're in a serious relationship, you need to know all about the desires, the wants, all those things of your partner. Seriously, you don't have to be graphic, but you shouldn't be vague either. You got to be thorough and comprehensive in this. 
if you have a fetish, if there's something that you like, but you think is frowned upon by society, you have to put it all out there. Obviously, that requires a certain degree of trust in the person or persons you're with. Uh, you have to feel safe. So you probably aren't going to lead with all your dirt early on. At the same time, though, it makes absolutely no sense to keep it hidden for too long. If you feel uncomfortable sharing with that person that you profess is the one, well, hell, they can't be the one for you. Because if they were, there'd be no issues. Also, a side note that might make a priest happy to hear me say this. If you are not comfortable enough to tell your partner your freak shit, should you be having sex with them in the first place? Answer offline. Rounding out the big three is children. I feel like most people have a discussion about children. I don't know how comprehensive it is, though. I feel like most people have a conversation about children. I just don't know how comprehensive it is. There's really only three stances, right? Yes, no, maybe. That's it. This one should be cake, but sadly, 20-year-old you doesn't know what 30-year-old you will want and need in their life. So your answer today is not necessarily valid. In addition, in addition, none of us knows the future that's waiting for us. What if your brother dies and the choices are that his children go into foster care or you adopt them? That was never in the plan because you can't plan for that. But there you are. And though you once said not just no hell no to the idea of children, in this particular instance, you, you have a change of heart. You have a change of mind because they're already your relatives. You know them. The idea of allowing them to enter the system is unacceptable. Unacceptable to you, anyway. Your partner could still be opposed to parenthood. Because the original plan, you both said no. So now what? Those are three major issues. But there are more. Many more. What about health issues? Eventually, you will face some unexpected health concerns car accidents, whatever, falling off a horse, I don't know. Is the person you're with built for that? An extreme example here. I took care of a lady. She had advanced Alzheimer's. She was bed-bound, nonverbal, had a feeding tube. It was sad. Her husband of 50, 60 years would come and see her every day. He stood by her side throughout the decline. And then one day there was a stir at work. It turned out that he had a lady on the side. There was a sense of outrage across the ICU. But I said good for him. He couldn't bring himself to walk away from her. He'd been with her for decades. Mentally, she was completely gone. His wife had been gone for years but he stayed with the remainder of her out of his love for her, out of his sense for duty. That had to be painful to know that she was gone, but her body was still here. That's heavy. If he found himself a little joy and some companionship, I have no problem with it. I feel he deserves that. 
I think, I hope that she would have wanted him to have that. That is a very heavy situation. It's very extreme. However, it doesn't have to be Alzheimer's and old age to put you in a similar situation. Trust me. But let's move away from that. Let's move with something that's more lighthearted. Take weed and alcohol. What if you like to smoke some weed, drink some wine, and relax? And your partner's not with that. More than not with that, they're vehemently opposed. What do you do there? How do you fix that? Maybe one of you is a clean freak and can't go to bed with dishes in the sink. Or one of you loves loud music and the other one is a reader. Today, all those things are just an annoyance. Ten years from now, no matter how small, they add up, they aggregate, and those little nuisances, they turn into big fucking problems. They make you really mad because they transform in your mind to disrespect and contempt. And if you feel disrespected and it seems like your partner has contempt for you, it's very difficult to come back from there. Listen, the art of war says something along the lines of know your enemy, know yourself. You'll be victorious in a thousand battles. The hardest part of that is gaining that information, both about yourself and your partner, who in this case would be the enemy. And even if you have that, There will always be the unknown unknowns, the things that are coming down the pike that you have no way to know because none of us have a crystal ball to see the future. So know yourself, know your stance, and lead with that. Present that as soon as possible in the relationship. Sort through the bullshit of your past. Get yourself together. Recognize the situation is never as static as you'd like it to be because what you think today is probably not going to be the exact same thing that you think in a few decades. Show up and show out. That's all I got. This has been Side Piece Season, the podcast that sounds like it's all about ho shit, but really isn't. We're just taking a look at what it takes to have a quality relationship in a chaotic world. If you enjoy what you're hearing, like, subscribe, and review. It helps the show to grow. If you disliked it, tell an enemy it was amazing. DM me on Instagram at sidepiece underscore season. The National Crisis and Suicide Hotline is 988. Again, that's 988. Make sure that anybody that needs it knows it. Catch you back here next time. Have a fantastic Monday, a great week, and an awesome weekend. As always, be good to yourself and be good to others. Peace. All of this is designed to keep you from experiencing... Oh.